0: Hello, everyone. This is the uh, latest Mortcast today. My guest is Tim Miller. Before I get to Tim, I kind of want to talk to you about uh, my friend uh, and friend of the podcast, Steve Gorman. Steve uh, and his new band, brand new band, Bagman, uh, will actually be in Colorado on in January. Uh, he'll be at the Gothic Theater on January 11th. Um, look at looking forward to that. And actually, right now... Uh, uh, they have uh, six songs out on uh, Apple uh, and Spotify. Go check them out. Um, great music if you like. Um, kind of almost uh, soul Americana is basically the way I, I, I uh, describe it. Um, it's got uh, Luther Dickinson from the North Mississippi All-Stars and uh, Nick Goverick who was in Trigger Hippie with Steve Gorman. It's a great little band. I, I highly suggest that you go out and check that. They are... Uh, um, they're good stuff, and they'll be in Denver with North Mississippi All-Stars um, on in January, and they're going to be playing other dates in Colorado. Be sure and check that out. Um, the Gothic Theater is a great place to watch a uh, a uh, concert. It's one actually one of my favorites in Denver. I didn't actually, I grew up not far uh, from uh, the Gothic Theater. So anyway, uh, Steve Gorman, good friend of the podcast. Be sure and check out his band, Bagmen on apple and spotify or wherever you get your music uh they are truly truly a great band and i, I can't do anything but support them um and, and of course in the future i'll have steve on the podcast to talk about this and talk about some sports so anyway thank you all for, thank you all for that and uh, uh, coming up next is tim miller from the bulwark What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest broadcast part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. With me today, I have my uh, Louisiana correspondent, uh, a good friend, and um, someone who uh, is donating a little bit of his time. This is a really busy time for him, uh, so I appreciate this. Uh, it is the loquacious Tim Miller. <laughs> loquacious. I am loquacious.
1: Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm producing a lot of content these days on the positive, but I've always got time for the nugs. We've always yeah. got time for the nugs. I I mean if the house isn't the house representatives can just kind of go on vacation for two weeks while they, you know, kick themselves in the nuts over and over again. I, you yeah. know, I can take a little break and <laughs> chat about PWAT.
0: Yes. Yeah, since this is where we may actually get into some PWAT discussion. Um uh Tim has uh is like I said, he's really busy. So but check check out his work at the bulwark and uh follow him on Twitter at timo.dc tim D- oh my god what is wrong with me today timo dc on twitter and is it is it the same on uh on threads no i'm tim miller
1: graham on threads maybe i should okay. change it to timo nola now now that i live in nola i don't know well maybe i need I mean, to change i have a dc still part of my brand i guess yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Well, it was part of it you know um have we so- talked to, did we do a post championship Podcast. I don't recall when our last one was. I don't have we. I I believe that our last podcast together. I was asking you if you're starting to dream about the the championship and the parade.
0: Was it the Lakers? Did we talk during the Lakers series? It was like we 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 talked like within two weeks of each other. I remember we did two the playoffs podcasts and maybe that's it. It's been a it's been a it's been a really bad summer as far as like getting things done over on my end. So it's probably my fault. No, um, but it's feeling good. How do you feel to be a champion? It's interesting. I, I think you and I talked about this on uh, over the old text machine, but yeah. I, uh, I, the, it was weird for me. The, the, the finals was kind of an anti-climax. Um, yeah. I was really elated when they beat the Lakers. And I think yeah. once they cleared, they, once they slayed the dragon, Yeah, it didn't matter for me. It didn't matter who they played, not Boston, Milwaukee, anyone. It was always going to be a come down because they, they, they got that. They got the, the, the big bad. And um, I've been processing my thoughts on that because I've been trying to like understand why I was kind of like, oh yeah, it's great when they won the finals, but my finals was the Western Conference finals. <laughs> so um but I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know your thoughts are probably more in the lines of uh, oh god this is this is a great experience and you know this is we got the finals and all this stuff. I, I'm just a cynical piece of shit.
1: Yeah it was I'm 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 still riding pretty high. It was pretty phenomenal though I was I gotta tell you I was worried that after uh them winning that my that like my interest might might dip, you know. Right. That like you'll feel like you've you've gotten it, you've won it, you know. What's the point now? A little that I was worried that that might creep into my psyche, and um, and that has not happened. I'm excited. I'm I'm like I'm pumped for the season. Um, I've already, I think that all the trades helped, you know, like the, the Suns, you know, getting Nurkic and getting Grayson and Allen and getting Beal has made them very hateable, like uh, as hateable right. as any team in my lifetime, even, <laughs> even maybe more than childhood Utah and, um, and and you know the Dame and and the and the Celtics and the Bucks and everybody kind of get and the Nuggets are now third in 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 my little DraftKings odds for 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 winning the championship this year, which I may or may not have gambled on already. So uh, you know, like that, comp- the competitive juices have kicked back in. Well, the Jokic content over the summer was just heartwarming and phenomenal, and I love him so much. And the Murray uh, content during training camp. So I, yeah, I don't know. I I, I was riding pretty high, I and mean, there was. It is a little bit of an infinite climax, Just it's like the nature of the NBA Finals that it's not it's not the Final Four, it's not the Super Bowl, it's not one game, it's not a, yeah. you know, like had I flown back in for Game Five, maybe that would have been different. Um, so so there was a little bit of that, um, you know, it's like whatever. It was a weeknight, and I was on my couch, like rather than you know <laughs> having it be a celebratory situation, but um, I was there for Game One, and it was. It was really, it was an amazing experience. So um, I'm 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 pumped. I'm ready for season two. I'm riding high. I want to run it back, uh, and uh, and I'm 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 all in. Maybe yeah. not all. In. the The off season is a little. Sh- I'm sympathetic to Jokic when Jokic was like when the guy whoever asked him in the press conference like was this your best summer ever and he's like not really man like it's a show it was shorter (laughs) and i do i do feel that the 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 summer break when you when you win the championship is is a bit shorter and it's like oh my god the season's here already um you know because you you lose about a month and a half of the break my husband was like my husband when i I was the preseason game was on last week was looking at me and he was like are you re-watching the play playoffs (laughs) like why are the
0: nuggets on already (laughs) i was like sorry baby play it's preseason we're going again (laughs) I have watched Game Four of the Western Conference Finals probably about five times since uh, oh, the, end of the season. That's that's where I'm I'm my mind's at right now because it, to me that was the best game I've ever seen Nicole Jokic play, and uh, I I have reasons for that, you know. And 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 Tim, before we get into the talking about really talking about the Nuggets, we need. There's been some events that have happened through the league that I would like to get your thoughts on, if you are done. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, yeah let's do it. Um, first of all, today, um, our our former um, Denver Nugget, uh, Andre gadala officially announced his retirement. Mm. Um, good probably, riddance. Yes, probably my least favorite player I've ever covered, um, and my thoughts were exactly that, good riddance. I don't care how good he was. Um, there are things that I do know about the, his behavior in the playoffs in 2013 that I just can't get over, and um, so he was good. Are you, the... con- are you
1: confirming that he was back channeling to to the Warriors
0: during that series? It's it, it, here's the thing about this, and this is something that I, I someone had asked asked me about the same thing. I don't have to confirm it because everything he did was out in the open, and it. it the most egregious thing was sending his cousin over to talk to Joe Lacob before a before a game, telling him how interested he was in the in the Golden State Warriors. That was the that was to me one of the things. But there was many other things where I just I I couldn't I couldn't do it. But it's been like it's all all the reports are out there, and none of them none of them he's ever denied. He just he has just said that uh, he's denied the mole thing, which is yeah. the. Going to Mark Jackson and telling him that what the Nuggets game plan to rough uh, curry up, which is up to interpretation, obviously. And I think that I think that that part is, uh, you know, it's all out there and I don't have to confirm it. There's other stuff that's behind the scenes that I I will eventually talk about. But uh, I have don't have a ton of respect for him so i mean good riddance
1: <laughs> yeah no he sucks peace out you knew who the band and, and by the way i welcome on Nuggets bandwagon fans but bandwagon's fine you knew who you, you know who wasn't around in 2013 when you know there was some discussion of like, like when you know uh, buyout people and iguodala's name came up and you know like <laughs> most of us are like, fuck it. Anybody but him. No. <laughs> and like, there'd be a handful of people that are like, why we could, we, I don't know. We could use, we could use, you know, a three and D guy off the bench. We're like, no, no, it's not, it would not be a worthwhile title with him. So anyway.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, okay. Fuck that guy. Um, That's all he deserves on this podcast. Um, So I really, I really want to get your thoughts on two things, but first of them was the uh, uh, Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um I I I think that I forgetting the process that led up to it, him being on the Bucks is going to make them extremely dangerous, I think. Um, because uh uh on uh, Giannis and Tintacupo has never had someone who could space the floor like this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it hurt their defense. Um, and if you've seen their preseason games, their defense has not been it's been actually very clunky, very uh not very good. So when you look at, um, uh, the bucks as a serious, you know, contender, uh, how do you think that, uh, works in relation to, and from your view to the Denver nuggets?
1: Yeah, well, um, they also got Beasley our our old boy Beasley. He he can stretch the floor a little bit too. He's a shooter. Mm -hmm. Not exactly, not exactly a lockdown defender himself. Um, you know the nuggets have always done kind of well against the bucks um you know that was in the past obviously it's a different team um and the jokic matchup has never you know they do have some size so like you might think that, that that could be some you know a team that might slow jokic down but they never have have demonstrated that um you know i i, I do i think that the uh dame defensive exper- experiment is going to be interesting to watch I, you know we all watch murray get picked on in in a couple of years ago in the playoffs before right. before his ACL injury and I, I think among the legitimate concerns that some of us had of going into the playoffs you were more confident than, than me but <laughs> I I felt good about the team but I but among the things that I was like you just you can't test out in the regular season is are these guys going to pick on Murray right like are these guys going to I you know do the uh, obviously spam the pick and roll. Is that what they said about uh, they yeah. spam Jokic on the pick and roll. They, people right. were talking about that all the way up until game <laughs> five of the NBA finals. That was just coming right around the corner. They're going <laughs> to spam Jokic in the pick and roll. But anyway, uh, that was, I think those were legit concerns because those were problems uh, in, in playoffs past. And, um, and, you know, Murray has really you know, kind of beefed up. He's not, you know, he's no Drew Holiday or whatever, but um, you know, his defense is solid enough that he wasn't, you know, picked on, uh, really, uh, last year in any, um, in any of the matchups, and um, I don't know if that's true for Dame. Dame's older; his defense has gotten slower. Um, you know, we beat the Blazers if you don't recall with a backcourt of Faku Compazzo and Austin Rivers. I believe mm-hmm. was the starting backcourt mm-hmm. in that series. <laughs> so obviously, Giannis Attenkoopa wasn't on that team, but I, I just. I, I don't know I'm 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 not exactly quaking in my boots um, about that matchup, but boy, I, you know, offensively, the Dame Giannis show should should really be something, and and I think it's good for basketball because the Bucks were kind of a slog to watch, really, the last year, you know, just like Giannis running into a wall of four people, like that's not fun basketball to watch. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think having more good. Uh, teams that are fun to watch is good for the league I, but I I don't I, I, nobody scares me I guess really yeah. this year I, I mean I, I don't know if you recall but the nuggets were 16 and four last year yes. in the playoffs so, I was told yeah um it wasn't, <laughs> like, wasn't like particularly close really um right. and so I I just I don't know that the Dame thing scares me in particular but um I'm happy they went east uh I'm uh, the thing I guess I'm slightly I'm not I wouldn't say I'm worried about this but I'm slightly more annoyed and worried about the downstream of that which which was Drew landing in Boston right, right? and and I think that and I think Boston really improved right. um you know like the Marcus Smart to Drew Holiday upgrade is like an unbelievable upgrade uh, you can't even Uh, you can't even chart it. Um, Marcus Scott was a net negative holiday. is going to be a net positive. Uh, You know, who knows with Porzingis, you lose Robert Williams. Do they have any, is Al Horford going to guard Jokic? So I'm not like so concerned about them for all those reasons, but I do that kind of sucked that he, I was hoping that he was going to get, you know, you know, sent down to somebody to sense, you know, redirected to somebody that was not quite as big of a threat as Boston is. I've, uh, I,
0: I've, honestly since then they're in there since they're in the east i'm not they're not on my mind that much it's been interesting right. watching them uh i wanted to get your thoughts because you were in milwaukee uh yeah. for the for the uh, finals run they had and uh you got an up close and personal look at mike budenholzer's um dad who lost his keys look um yeah <laughs> all perpetual and yeah. do you think that'll make a difference for them because i don't know because they already had a coach quit because Adrian Griffin. I mean, Terry Stotts quit because Stotts Adrian quit. Griffin yelled at him. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? I don't have any inside intel. I should have I should have prepped for this and asked my buck sources um what what the word was on that. Um but uh so who, I mean, could Adrian, could Adrian be worse than coach Bud? I mean, like the fact that coach Bud didn't make any changes, I, you know, I, I, I was so stubborn about adjustments and it was all the stuff we used to complain about Malone about, uh, you know, it's just like unbelievably stubborn on both offensive and defensive adjustments. Like it didn't, you know, the series was over. They, you know, Giannis, I like, I don't think guarded Jimmy Butler one time. Um, it's like, why, you know, while Jimmy Butler is doing prime Jordan stuff. So I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I think that a, a fresh coach helps. And again, I, you could feel, I guess this is my Bucks insight. There was a, a malaise setting in, right? You know, the team was getting old there. The team is a little boring. The, 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 you know, um, Uh, like there what Giannis was getting frustrated just all around it you could feel this malaise setting in and the trade really reversed that right I think that there's a lot of excitement a lot of energy and you know I think that they'll be more fun to watch as I said so I on that part of it I think that the Bucks got a little jolt out of this and that it's a net plus for them like does it meaningfully change their matchup against the Nuggets I we'll see I don't know I don't know I don't know that I'm so convinced I don't know, know that I'm
0: so scared about Dame. Yeah, I died. I personally, I don't think it matters. One of the reasons I was asking was because, um, well, I'll get to that in a second, half. but also in a news, we're going on my news and notes thing. I usually yeah, okay, do this on it. the weekend, but, uh, we got to address the Calvin booth stuff this week. Um, and I have, I many- think you're
1: going to be upset with my opinion about it. So this oh, is okay. good. We can have Bye. a little disagreement. Yeah.
0: Good, good. I like that. um, in fact, I, I want to get your opinion first. So you saw what's going on, um, and obviously, you've probably seen my thoughts on Twitter. So, uh, what what were your thoughts? Then now, just to set people up who haven't heard about it, if you're under a rock, um, Calvin Booth had an interview with Kevin O'Connor uh, in the Ringer, and there were some comments within which was actually most of the interview was great. 99.9% of the yeah. interview was great um, it was the traditional and I will comment on this it was the traditional GM I'm a genius tour stuff that they go on every time they win a championship which every GM does this um, so obviously there is there is a lot of stuff that was good in there but there was some comments about MBJ and comments about uh, Bones Island and comments about Bruce Brown um, and some comments about their approach to this year as far as uh, winning championships and repeating and stuff like that, that, that were stood out. Um, I'm the the one who was more concerned about the repeating thing, but the MPJ and bones stuff went viral and he got booth uh, went, felt, I mean, sufficiently uh, bothered by it through various circumstances, I'm sure to comment on ESPN saying that whatever he said about Michael Porter Jr., which he called him a me guy, which it was in context of Bones Island, uh, was not out of context, but shouldn't have been on the record, was with the gist of what he was saying. I said a lot. I respect Mike, blah, blah, blah. So all of that set up there. What were your thoughts on that, Tim? Um, You know, he pretty shouldn't have
1: said it like he did. You got it. You get, it's a It is the classic uh a newsmaker. Uh, now that I've been on both sides of this as a PR person who's trying who tries to help, you know, uh, Im- uh important people, whatever you want to call them, in- <laughs> important people uh manage uh <laughs> interviews of this nature, uh whether they be CEOs or politicians or, you know, uh uh you know, executives on and sports teams, like you know, helping them think through how to talk to the media. Like that's something I used to do. Now I'm on the media side of things, and I I'm trying to get people to say embarrassing things to me uh, so that I can right. use it. So I, I understand how the process works, and and I do think that Calvin. Uh got a little comfortable, and it's just a classic situation in one of these you know you're it's it's with a reporter or somebody that you read or you like or you know and you're you're just you're you're freewheeling and you feel like the conversation is flowing and you feel like they respect you and there's a mutual respect and you say something that's like just a little too honest it's a in politics we call it the Kinsley gaff. it's like when you say something that's true that's too true that you aren't supposed to say out loud and so I do think that Calvin probably shouldn't have said it. I also like think we're all adults here. Yeah. And and I do think that sometime in our social media era, everybody gets really you know offended about stuff, and I, and it's like MPJ knows what his strengths and weaknesses are. MPJ and Calvin have a relationship, right? Like they talk. Uh, I don't mind a little bones nagging. I, I, you know i think bones kind of deserves it frankly um you know i mean bones you know uh, by pow- powdered himself out of getting a championship ring and is now like uh, going to be the backup point guard on a total shit show of a clippers team so i think that bones is is sleeping in the bed that he made for himself so I, I don't think a comment about about that is is that big of a deal. MPJ, on the other hand, is a, is a cornerstone of the team. You do want to be sensitive. It seems like MPJ is a little bit of a sensitive boy, um, you know, despite his tattoos. Uh, and so <laughs> you do want to make sure that he, he doesn't have his little feelings hurt. That said, like, come on, man. I mean, MPJ, no, I, like he was talking about roster construction, and it's like, and he's saying that MPJ is a shooter. You know, he's not a, he was not a defense first guy. He's an offensive creator. You need a roster that has balance, and and you don't want two guys that are like that. Um, I I think MCJ knows that that's true, and I think that MP and, and I think that MPJ has also improved a lot on that stuff, and that's great. And I can, and I and I think that hopefully they have the kind of relationship where they can they can talk about that. So I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, though it was it was a little bit of a gaffe.
0: Well, I mean here here's the here's the thing. I don't I don't disagree with you.
1: Uh oh dang. I was hoping to you to be like Calvin <laughs> bad Calvin.
0: Don't don't you don't you hurt
1: my precious. And no. that's where you're going with that.
0: It's No, I was uh before we got on the podcast I was stroking a picture of uh MPJ with the uh, frosted tips. No, um it was my my thing is like this. N- this is 100% something that I have been banging a drum on for a long time. This goes from Tim Connolly, Calvin Booth to Sam Presti, to Daryl Morey, to all these GMs out there, John Horst, all of them, do not do the I'm a genius tour. Do not do this. It it bites you in the ass every fucking time you do it. This is fair. Do not do this. It is. I I swear to God. And this is something that has bugged me. There is a power dynamic in the NBA. It is heavily tilted towards the players. It is obvious. I mean, it's the only league that can be like that. Rosters are really small. So superstars matter. Stars matter. So obviously, it's always inevitably going to be this way. So I get it. And I do understand that you always want to claim a little credit. When you win a championship, this happens with every single GM, whoever does this, but do not go on a media tour talking about, and I mean, it's not even intentional. It's just part of the, 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 the thing like, oh my God, I got to, I constructed this team partially that I, I put together to get win a championship and stuff like that. Do not do this. It like bites you in the ass every single time. If you're a GM and you're proud of yourself, be proud of yourself Do not do the media thing because every single time you say something stupid and it pisses off the players who really are the ones who matter in this league. Do not do this. Just as a public disclaimer, if I was a, a PR person advising general managers, I would say, be proud of what you do. Do not do the media tour. It will bite you in the ass. Then you have to go on ESPN2 and make some sort of disclaimer about how you didn't, you know, obviously you he didn't deny that he said it. He just right. said it was supposed to be off record. And it's like, okay, just don't do not do that. Just don't don't have to be in the position where you're going to have to do that.
1: I guess. I guess that's right. Well, also, it's kind of like everybody should chill, but I guess you're right on balance. But, um, and, or don't... I, Unless you want to do it with me, Calvin, I just I am throwing that out there. I don't know if you're listening, but like I total if you want to do a total all access, like I get and I write a book about the about the Nuggets' uh, uh, epic, uh, you know, dynasty era, Cal, the, the Calvin dynasty, Calvin Ball, the Nuggets dynasty. We're just we're spitballing names here. Like I'm open to that. I, I'm, I'm going to need a lot of access though. Locker room, floor seats, to, you know, and I'm going to need a lot of access, but uh, but I'm totally open to doing that in 2025 after the after the presidential election. If you're listening and you're interested, and I promise you, I won't I won't embarrass you. It'll it'll be great.
0: So uh, the next level interviews, Calvin Booth. Is this is this what you're saying? <laughs> no, I want to do a full book.
1: I just I want to oh, do book, book three. Ah, um, well, yeah, for- yeah. That's what I'm saying. This is my pitch. I want full access. Cal, you he can see it on the tattered cover. You can imagine it. Calvin Ball. The nuggets, dynasty, the nuggets Dynasty, you know, um, I, I think I, if your if your ego needs an itch, I'm I'm here to <laughs> itch it. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, I'm surprised. Well, there has been a couple books that have come out about the Nuggets after that cha- that that uh, final season. I think one of them was um, what's her name's DNVR. And uh, another one was the Denver Post that, you know, they always come out after this sort of thing. But you need to get as far as I'm concerned, you need to get down to the nitty gritty on these things because, yeah. um, t- just to plug, Tim did a book called uh, I did. "Why uh, We why, Did It." Why we did it, and I, it's right. I was just looking for it, and that's why I get to. Oh, it's right here. Um, and uh, you know, he's an author of note. I should say this. And exactly, he was. Which a, is why uh, I'd
1: be a good person to get the access for right. this gig
0: new new york times best so
1: maybe don't show the don't show the cronkies my tweets about the way they've handled the altitude situation though cuz
0: they they might not want to give me give me the access <laughs> well let's uh, the cronkies are are part of uh this they have won a lot of championships in the last 3 years well they've won yeah. 3 in the last 3 years it is it is pretty pretty good for them actually 3 in the last 2 years now that i think about it cuz that rams championship was january or february 22 so yeah i i mean that's i mean good for them uh it's hard to d- knock that but it's also i mean like the greater denver has not been able to see the denver yeah. nuggets for four years yeah <laughs> so,
1: fuck them. I fucking, <laughs> it makes me so upset, it makes me so frustrating. upset. it's frustrating it's frustrating so but it's an obligation it's an obligation they have an obligation to the community i'm sorry i appreciate the championship's great and and whatever but they weren't playing okay Jokic was playing and uh, you know i guess they went over the salary cap and that's fine that's good that's nice but it's just like you uh, team ownership is not i i used to be a republican okay so i like capitalism yeah team sports team ownership is not capitalism okay like it is it is a fake market that was created It is an oligopoly and like yeah. like there are only a limited number of teams and people only get invited into it it's not like you can create a 33rd team uh, you know an alternate denver team it's not like there's competition like you know it's not like you have a you have a restaurant on one corner on Evans in Colorado, and somebody opens up a better restaurant on the other corner that offers better services. So like you can't do that in sports. Right. So it's not, it's not a real market. And so if you are bestowed the honor of getting one of these teams that are all making huge amounts of money, huge for you, you know, everybody that has sold a team recently has made billions. Okay. Hundreds of millions at minimum. Okay. You have an obligation to serve the community. And that includes making sure that people can watch the games. And so and it fucking pisses me off when they're like, well, it's Comcast's fault. I'm sorry. Like it's not Comcast's fault, actually. Comcast is not they're a multinational corporation and screw them too. And I don't have any like soft spot for Comcast, but it's like you're the one that has the team that was get was, that was given this, you know. Uh, like if you don't want to do it, by the way, by the way, if you're happy with your championship, you want to leave. There are gonna be a million little mad ishbias who want to who wanna pay you. Right. Billions more than you paid for these teams would be happy to take a to take a loss on the on the cable rights. Okay, yeah. so anyway, that's that's my that's my rant. It pisses me
0: off. Well, I will tell you what, if you are down to clown with some bizzo talk, family, am yeah. that uh, you and I can go into this subject about about what's been going on with the league as far as the old mandatory minimum with playing and all this stuff. And I don't know if people have heard my podcast a couple of weeks ago. I talked about how Joe Dumars really came out and talked about how this, we need to enable a culture of 82 games, basically is what he said. And people don't understand this is all because the NBA is facing a media deal right now and people are getting turned off of watching teams because all these players rest when these national TV games are on, um, started by Greg Popovich in, in 2012, I might add. Yeah. And people people have, you know, I've started being like, you know, why watch? Why watch this? I mean, the rating for the finals were good last year. They were good. Yeah. But you can't say finals good and then rest of the regular and sell the rest of the regular season. That's what the ESPN is trying to do because ESPN is losing its ass. And it has been losing its ass for years. Disney I'm not even sure they want ESPN anymore. Right? Yeah. So you are in a in a situation. And I don't know. You probably don't follow this as close as I do, but you're in a situation where you have a distressed asset that, and the NBA went all the way in on for with ESPN. They they put all their eggs into ESPN, and then a little bit of TNT and all those other channels. The NBA is in a precarious situation right now, where things may change based on the way they can get their revenue with the new media deal. It ain't the same landscape. And I think that people need to understand why the the NBA is making these decisions right now, because people are turning off of it. Not for social justice, not any of this stuff. It's because stars rest and there is no point to watch these games when Kawhi Leonard is out for, you know 30 games or anything like that so anyway my rant's over right in yeah no
1: I, by the way i and i just i'm frustrated. it's so front like to me it's just so obvious i feel like i just want to be like the czar of everything you know i was like <laughs> can i just come in and let's like can i just make three changes it's just like shorter shorten the fucking season okay spread the games out why isn't this happening in the nfl right well it's only 16 games and stuff but it's like because they they, they give the guys enough time to rest you know mm-hmm. what i mean like shorten shorten the season put uh, spread out the games I'm actually okay with the in-season tournament um but like make it be for something I don't I don't know what maybe you get a bonus home game or something in the playoffs or you get a I, I make it actually be for something you know uh, make it actually be for something in addition to money for the players and um and then and then yeah and then you can like put put in these like these rules about the games, but even Adam Silver himself said it. He was like, I'm, I'm getting concerned. We set the 65 game th- threshold and that, that players are going to read that as that. That's the number of games I want to play. I need to play. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, that's exactly what's going to happen. Adam Silver. <laughs> like I, I was like, the thing that you did is, is doing Like it doesn't make any sense. So, um, you know, shorten the games have, have real rewards for the in-season tournament, real, real punishments for healthy resting. And like, I, like that seems to be a much better solution to this. um and and the TV deal is gonna like they're like, oh, well, we're gonna lose money on the TV. like the TV deal is gonna be great. And like these guys are making more everyone is making more money than ever before, and they're crying poor. It's like right. it's unbelievable. I and mean, the players are making more money. The coaches are making more money. The owners are making more money. The executives are making more money. Mm-hmm. Everybody's making more money except for the dudes selling hot dogs. Right. you know? like right. so
0: I, I figure it out right let look this is uh I d- I didn't like David Stern. I thought he actively worked against a certain elements of good basketball. I think he had many flaws. He actively fucked the Denver Nuggets several times and uh and including brokering a deal for a terrible ownership group for for good reasons, but there was bad. And there was a lot of things I disliked about him. And one thing that in hindsight was something about David Stern that Adam Silver does not have is that there would be the hammer. He had the hammer and he would fucking use that hammer. Um, No greater example of that was the 2005 uh, collective bargaining agreement where he made the players show up in suits. You know, yeah. there are there are things that he used to do. Now, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that there's sort sure. problematic, but I think that also there was a there was a logic to what he did. And it was through I got I'm herding cats here. I got to use the hammer. Right. And I think the cat herding has gone astray under under uh, Adam Silver. And this is where all these things have been. I'm sounding like peak old guy here. And I'm really got to apologize. Yeah, seriously, we both are. Um, so anyway, that's, that, that's part of that, The the, the that was the, that was CSG business talk. We're going to, we're going to you know, stop that right now. Okay. And we're going to talk about our Denver nuggets. So everyone has heard my thoughts on the nuggets approach, uh, to the off season. I don't necessarily think I, 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 I am an old school person. So all of what my my thoughts are about the NBA are framed within this thought that you do everything it takes to maximize your window for a very specific point in time. And I I'm distressed a little bit now I could be proven wrong and I'll be gladly take the L if I'm proven wrong. I get the feeling the nuggets are sort of semi punting on this season to develop young people, which bugs me as a as a fan who wants to see a dynasty a true dynasty not a fake spurs dynasty but a real dynasty and it it kind of like the way the 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 warriors were since 2015 to i i I have a hard time counting the 2022 title but the those those, that why it's just it, it, it was, it was such a, it was such a weird year. You win I mean,
1: one, you win one title, uh, Jeff, look at you, you win one title. And now you're just like, now you're Mr. Fancy Pants <laughs> over here. Are you? Saying? They, need, they need to be, they need to be the right kind of title now.
0: <laughs> are, you, are you saying I'm getting uh, too, too big for my britches? Right <laughs> um, and so I, I don't like fake dynasties and I want, I want three in a row. I want I want there to be just getting to the finals at the very least every single year while you have a transformative player like Nikola Jokic and there's no guarantee he's going to play past his contract. Okay, he's not Tim Duncan. Stop comparing him to Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan played for 20 years and his last four years he was basically on life support. Okay, but he allowed everything the Spurs did to work. Everything worked because of Tim Duncan. It wasn't Greg Popovich. It wasn't anything else. You've seen Greg Popovich sans Tim Duncan. It wasn't pretty. Okay. Mm -hmm. If this is legitimately a Tim Duncan allowed this all to happen and it distresses me and it gives me not anxiety, but it distresses me to see the nuggets kind of taking that consistently long-term approach in what could necessarily be a short window. So tell me why I'm wrong. (laughs) I think
1: you're wrong. Yeah, uh, I think you're wrong, uh, and I'm happy to say you're wrong uh, on this one. Um, and it's because I, I don't know that they had. This is the nature of the new salary structure. Is this? I, I mean, the only uh, the only way to do something different than what you're discussing within the constraint constraints of. Uh, within the constraints. Wow. I, I'm a professional talker. I was like, why am I saying that word wrong? Constraints, constraints. Okay. Within the constraints of the salary cap and the cell sal- and, and the way it works would be to like trade somebody. I get one of the bigger guys and to get multiple, multiple, smaller asset, you know, multiple people that, that could come off the bench. I don't think they're, they wanna, they want to, they want to mess with the starting five, the nucleus. And, and so what else are you going to do? I, I mean, I don't, I didn't love the Reggie Jackson resigning per se i uh, could that money have been better used on on somebody else that was going to come off the bench uh, that has a little bit more uh, experience uh, and might be able to, to provide a little bit you know more uh, to the rotation uh, possibly I, I don't exactly know what all the options were uh, at that price range um but that also could have been a behind the scenes handshake deal uh during that happened during the um uh it, what, what what do you call it when you pick somebody up after the trade deadline's over uh, Buyout. The buyout, yeah, that could have been a buyout market handshake deal. Um, So, yeah, <laughs> okay, you're nodding. So, anyway, <laughs> so, okay, so besides that, what are your other options? I like what Calvin is doing, uh, drafting the older players. I think it's a zag from what the conventional wisdom is in the nba draft i think there's value there i've long thought i felt i was happy about the monte pick because of this with tim Connolly. i always have thought there's like there is good value in going out and getting guys who like played three years in college for good programs did well in march madness under the lights and like maybe they aren't going to be superstars in the nba but they can be rotation guys for some reason those guys if they're if they're guards always fall always fall yeah. And I don't I don't know and I think that that's true of well of both Strother and Pickett. Um so I, I like those uh picks. Uh, I, I you know uh, there were other people on the board that I also liked, but I understand the the logic behind them. And um and I and I think that the the younger guys are going to need minutes and and it is going to require Christian Brown, you know, pl- you know, carrying a lot of the load. And if you get to the midseason the bench is a total disaster, uh then you know maybe you re- maybe reassess but i think that given the constraints of the salary cap i think he's doing the best that he can the the, the core four is is locked for a few years now and um i, I don't know to me it look uh, to me i look at the at the nuggets as clear favorites this year and i don't really know what they could have done in the offseason that would have been that much that much better
0: well, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I understand the point of view. In fact, this was the point of that ringer uh article on, yeah, on right. Calvin. This exactly. was exactly what you said um, and like I said, I mean, uh, what maybe, would
1: you have liked to have seen instead uh, what's the what's the alternative that I'm comparing it against
0: to me, this is where you I think this is where the punting begins because I don't think the young old young players is a sustainable thing because there's always a learning curve. You're always pushing your learning curve. Yeah. The more young you get, and there's going to be five guaranteed contract young players on this roster, which is an enormous percentage for a team returning for a championship and potentially six. If they, if they keep uh, Colin Gillespie on and that is insanely large percentage of your roster. So you get to, how far do you want to push the curve? And that's that's the point I, I'm I've been always making on this. Every the more youth you have on your roster, the curve, the tur the curve flattens. You want there to be a peak, and I think m- my concern is that it's in flattening the curve. You're waiting for you're waiting for it to happen. It's like it's you're pushing it down the 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 uh, the, the, the 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 plane or whatever. Yeah. 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 She's like, yeah. And um, yeah, then that's my concern. So obviously, the new CBA, there's two approaches. There's not just what the Nuggets are doing, there's also the get gravy trainers. And my one of my concerns coming into this year was that there was no guys who were chasing rings coming onto the Nuggets. Now, Calvin said that it's not part of the Nuggets oeuvre um they they don't want to they don't want to be doing that sort of thing some of that's a cronky thing they did that with the avalanche and uh, a little bit with the uh, the rams back in 2019 um so obviously there's this dynamic going on which i fully understand i'm just concerned that flattening the curve flattens your peak and i don't and i and i and, and i hope i'm wrong I mean, people think I'm rooting against the Nuggets. It's not. I just, I hope I'm wrong. I just, the way I I view basketball is you don't have, you only have so much time and there's the urgency of time because your window closes so quickly and the Spurs are the Spurs because they had Tim Duncan and I'm just, I just, mm, I I don't, maybe that's just, it's probably. Yeah, I
1: guess. Well, so my, so. Uh, my, I have two pushback. One again, is again, who who who's the ring chaser that were that they missed on? I, if there's a substantive person, I, maybe there's something that I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, but like the the team, the the practical minutes breakdown. I mean, really, you you're gonna switch Bruce Brown's minutes with Christian Brown's minutes, basically, right? And, and you're gonna switch Jeff Green's minutes with Zeke's. And like, okay, those two guys are both younger, and that's definitely something, but. I I don't know. Is that a huge step down? I think in in addition to that, Jamal, you're going to have a much healthier Jamal for the full year. And and I think hopefully Jamal is going to be able to carry much greater burden than he did on the second unit this year than he did last year during the regular season. Um, I think Jamal wants to be in the all-star game. You know, he's never been. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that we're going to see a much more aggressive and active Jamal early in the season, particularly when he's um, staggering and helming the second unit you know, do, doing a lot of ball handling and uh, you're going to have Christian Brown off, off ball. And then, you know, you're going to bring in basically Strother probably to do the Christian Brown minutes from last year. And like, that's it. Like, that's the change. Like it's just, it's not that big of a change, you know, for a team that was the number one seed and went 16 and four in the playoffs. I don't know that I've, I've mentioned that. So like that's why I just don't um, share your, your concerns but, uh but anyway uh, but maybe there uh, like maybe there there is there was another path that I'm I'm not seeing
0: well I mean you invalidate I'm sorry, as far as the nuggets go they invalidate your go for the youth thing when you give the mid taxpayer mid-level to Reggie Jackson and that's really yeah. where it is and you're you were saying there was fundamentally no one better than Reggie Jackson is when you give him the taxpayer mid-level and I player, agree with that and a player option um so I mean that's 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 where you can't say that the Nuggets are fully even bought in themselves to this concept here. I they just didn't try. I had sources in the league saying the Nuggets just didn't, you know, there there wasn't an active market from the Nuggets looking. Their fundamental philosophy is this. It and hopefully, like I said, maybe this is the new the new thing. I hope I'm wrong because I would like to see the Nuggets win multiple titles in a row. It didn't seem like the Nuggets were that interested in repeating, they're more interested in doing the Spursian you know, win over a long period of time thing. Um, which I don't know. I think they're interested hard. in repeating. Again, I'm looking,
1: I just pulled up the conference last year I and mean, the Grizzlies are going to be trash. So you had five games ahead of the Kings. You're eight games ahead of the Suns last year. I mean, they have a lot of cushion, like, uh, you know, to in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So I just, right, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, like, I just, I, I agree with the Reggie Jackson thing, but I, I think that it's, this is a little bit of, I don't know, Jeff. Anxiety nug life is nug life <laughs> creeping back in to you, Jeff. Do, even after the title, <laughs> can you not shake it? <laughs>
0: For some by- behind the scenes stuff, poor Tim here gets random anxiety filled <laughs> rants from me constantly. <laughs> Normally, while he is watching something far more important than the Nuggets, so I, I, uh, I, I the experience is far more of this than most people do. So, um, but I, I mean, aside from that. I will shifting to something. What I find is to be positive is that Julian Strother is looking to be a quite a find, And I think that what I've seen from him is someone who uh, not only gets it, but has a higher ceiling than people thought. And I'm going to juxtapose this to Peyton Watson. Peyton Watson still looks very raw and he has a long yeah. way to go. And he is a guy that Calvin Booth loves, loves Peyton Watson. I mean, if you talk to Calvin, he'll, the first thing he'll bring up is Peyton Watson. Um, but I think it should be the guy who was the find is Julian Strother, who is impressed me in such a way that I, 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 I was Im- extremely surprised not only in the get to and how he understood the game of basketball, but how uh, he showed a level of talent that I think even drafts people didn't see in him. Which is, I think, a, a really a high compliment to Calvin Booth and maybe a vindication of his approach.
1: Yeah, maybe. So I'm, I was a little bit clouded on this one myself because um, uh, my brother is a Gonzaga guy. Mm-hmm. And was not not a huge Strother fan, and 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 I think it was because, um, and this is where the whole Jokic Nuggets system. This is where the Jokic um Duncan comparison is yeah. is apt. I, I, I there's some areas where it's not, but this is an area where it is apt. Is that is that Strother always had all the tools, but like Gonzaga, you know, it felt like you know he he it, it didn't feel like he had the killer instinct right? right and and you have this college team it's a college tournament and, and you drew timmy in the middle and 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 he was you could see the talent right but it's just he felt soft right he felt soft and right. um and, and maybe some of that will show in in regular season or playoff basketball i had tbd um right. uh but i i think that you then the nice thing about a system where you have the and murray in particular also the other guys but Jokic and murray in particular is is plugging into that, you know, um, you don't need to be the kill, right? Like, like you, you can, you can just let your talent flow, right? right. Like, uh, and right. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities to be a lot of space. They're going to find you the ball in the right place. You're going to. Uh, and so I, I think that that, um, that I think that a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of players, if if you have the basic talent plugged into this system, you know are gonna are gonna be able to are gonna be able to shine you know it's the old michael cooper thing right like the winningest basketball player in the 1980s was michael cooper it's like if michael cooper was on the kings in the 1980s you never heard of michael cooper right like he wasn't an actor. That's right <laughs> and so you know what i mean but he just he had skills that 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 complemented um and i think that that's very true for strother and that was super encouraging in the preseason i hope that 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 plays itself out um and, and that some of the softness of the Gonzaga era doesn't show. But I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, I think that that's what I like about this Calvin model is I think that there are a lot of guys that can kind of that you could plug in there. I don't know if Reggie Jackson is one of those guys, not, no. to, not to harp on Reggie Jackson. No. But um, yeah, P. Watt looks raw. I do love him and I love the length and I love the potential ceiling. And I and I and this is, I guess, the area where I disagree with you. It's like, I think that they should play P. Watt. I think they should let him work it out. I don't is, does it matter that much if the nuggets are fifty one and thirty one instead of fifty four and twenty eight. I I you know, you can come back to me when I'm sending you the frustrated text, you know, in December. but like right now, with the Zen feeling of coming off the championship and seeing the season, I would rather let P-Watt work out the kinks and see if he can't blossom into something um than like pick up some fucking, you know, 32-year-old, you know, some version of Andre Iguodala, you know, some old saw to come in on the way, win- right? Like, and take those minutes. I, I I don't think that's not needed in the regular season.
0: Well, that's, you know, it, it, it's definitely the difference in, in approach, and this is where um, it affects the um, a, Michael Porter Jr., a.k.a. me guy, on, yes. uh, on uh, the Nuggets, that the person straw their directly is Michael Porter Jr., and yeah. The if the Nuggets are going to alter their approach at all, it'll be in trading MPJ. If, that's the if, there's no one else, not going to be Aaron Gordon, not going to be Jamal Murray. It's going to be MacPort Jr. Yeah, the problem is there's not going to be a market for him because of his back. It could be because of his back, unless he proves that he's healthy this year. So mm-hmm. that's obviously that's this is going to be another year for MPJ to prove that his his back is sustainable. Um, and that'll be obviously where things change and where you see, uh, winds above replacement will have to be, have to come from, um, uh, Julian Strother. That's directly who that affects. It's not, uh, I always get his name turned around Hunter Tyson. And I keep wanting to call him Tyson, Tyson Hunter. Hunter. Tyson. Tyson Hunter does feel better. <laughs> yes. Um, and so so that's it's not it's not him. And and Pickett, Julian Pickett, I, I want to know your thoughts on Julian Pickett for a second, because there is a, 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 a tension that I knew was going to happen with uh, Julian Pickett is that he wants to play really slow. And he is very much Andre Miller. I mean, I look at oh him on plane. I look at him on the court and I think, well, yeah, that's Andre Miller. That's exactly how Andre yeah, Miller. That's like.
1: triggering. That's PTSD <laughs> inducing. But yeah, I hear you.
0: And where where the rub is with him is that I don't know where he's going to be able to fit because the nuggets have to play a certain way. And um he is a guy that I think is going to slot into, I don't know how you envision this, but he may slot into the emergency point guard break glass in case of you know something happening uh, uh point guard because i uh, it's going to be very hard for him especially this year to assimilate into the way the nuggets want to play they need an organizing guy and they it looks like they got reggie jackson for that um so when you look at julian pickett what do you see
1: yeah i don't i don't know if i see it um i i like yeah. the you know the the attempt Um, can he be a guy that plays 12 minutes off the bench and runs a, runs a bench program? I I look at the thing I think is the biggest missing piece from last year's team is when Murray is off, when Murray is off, like who is running things? Cause really like when, when push games to shove, a lot of times it was Bruce Brown, right? Like Bruce Brown was like not playing point guard per se, but a lot of times it was him that was kind of filling that void. And I don't think that I don't see, and that's the part of the Bruce Brown skill set that Christian Brown isn't filling, right? right? Like he's filling the defensive part, the, you know, off ball part, the, the cutting, you know, the cutting and the driving he's fill, fitting those. He's not filling the occasional, you know, backup ball handler, um, uh, part the playmaker part. And I just don't Reggie Jackson's not it. And I don't think it's going to be Pickett. um, so, you know, uh, maybe I'd like to be wrong about that. We'll see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's the one piece. So I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, sure about. Um, I, again, regular season, emergency Blake grass point guard, somebody that can actually run an offense. You know, you put him in there for four minutes, each half, and you have some plays, you have some picking rolls for P and some picking, you know, hand, dribble, hand, ostrich, straw there, whatever. Like that's fine. Uh, you know, okay. Like that, that's fine during the regular season, but I, I don't, I don't see where he fits in an eight man.
0: Well, in that sense, Colin Gillespie probably fits more with what the Nuggets do. Yeah. Right. Um than I than agree. Pickett yeah. does. I agree with that. But Gillespie, one thing I've noticed from the, the preseason, he's so small that um that that is a definite factor. He's he's definitely small. But I tell you what, there was that Chicago game where he really was willing the Nuggets to that that youth into playing and making it back, you know, which was nice to see. I don't necessarily, I always tell people the preseason is one step above summer league as far as what you've been able to glean from it. Yeah. But you want to see that people get it. And Mm. I think Gillespie having a year on the nuggets uh, just to watch really probably helped him out a lot. I am intrigued with what he's able to do. Uh, I, he, once again, break glass in case of emergency it's there's the if things don't go well with uh reggie jackson obviously it's there's a there's a there's a deep descent down there and what you need is really to get reggie jackson to function enough to where he can run this second unit well he does go he is better i noticed this in the preseason more positivity from jeff morton um what i didn't i know what i did notice from uh jackson was he did play well with Jokic. Because last year he just did not jive with what Jokic was doing, and obviously that was just being thrown onto a team later in the year. But I have noticed a, yeah. a greater ability to play with Jokic was, which, which I think in the long run is going to help him assimilate more at, at least better into this team.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I think. I just think the big question, and and for Jackson or Pickett maybe or Gillespie for any of them is not regular season. Like we can survive the regular season. Uh, hopefully, some of them can do bench minutes and fill it up and run offense and stuff. But, but once you get into the eight or nine man rotation time, you know you know Christian Brown's going to be in there. You know Zeke's going to be in there. It seems like Strawther's going to be in there. Who else can be a playmaker? Like none of those guys are really ball in their hand guys. Like right. who else can be? it? Jamal cannot play uh you know every minute of the playoff games right so you can't you're not you can't play 48 minutes right like he's got to sit sometimes and and, you know sometimes jokic can kind of do it right but like you do need somebody else and 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 hopefully it can be one of those three guys because it's not that much you're asking for any of them really you're asking for eight minutes you know you're asking for four minutes a half right um and i think that'll be something to watch
0: okay um uh, so Tim is, uh, is, uh, uh the, uh, what, what, okay. What's your official title at the, at the bulwark now?
1: I am the writer at large for the bulwark. I'm a political analyst for MSNBC. I'm a New York times bestselling author. I have a Snapchat show called not my party, but no, not not, not I don't got a whole lot going on now. Uh,
0: well, you, you, no just more a books. Bit, just a lot of hats. Just a lot, lot of hats. hats. Okay. No. I got an,
1: I might have another book in mind. I might have another one in mind. It's TBD. Well, that's good. Well, you That's did get teaser. money from
0: me. I bought your book, so I appreciate that. Um, so uh, check out Tim. Uh, go go to. Uh, you want to give all your socials? Uh, yeah. Well, just come.
1: Yeah, come to the Bulwark. I'm Tim ODC on Twitter. Tim Milligram on Threads. Tim ODC Picks on Instagram. You can find me. I'm blue. You know, just search you know i got i got the i used to have the verification on all of them but elon elon took my twitter verification away and
0: i'm not paying that fucker eight bucks yeah no yeah screw that guy okay well uh thanks to uh tim for joining me on the latest uh morecast and uh, i'll be back oh pretty soon with another episode sounds
1: good peace out morton good to see you